0: I'm Jesse. I work here. I like working here. Yeah. Craig likes that I work here anyway. (laughs) I'm going to start with this thing on the stand, because I want to drink my drink. It's limited edition. Dale Jr. approved. (laughs) Sour grape. Um, But yeah. So yeah, I like working here. And I got I get to work here because I'm a reject. Um, There's a lot of people uh, uh, on on Scum staff who were fired from other places. I'm one of those people. Um, Yeah, and the and me getting fired—that's actually part of it tonight. It's part of my story. Um, Yeah, I didn't evidently didn't do ministry right somewhere else. But we'll get to that. no, yeah, I, uh, we're in Samuel. If if you didn't know, we've been in Samuel for a while. But this is the last Samuel for a month, because yeah, you heard we're doing story night um, and and uh, baptisms next week, and then we got Easter, and then uh, our buddy uh, Dave Meserve is doing a thing for for one or two weeks. And honestly, I don't even know what that thing is. Mike, before he left, is like, "You wanted to do this thing," and I'm like, oh, "All right." I don't know what it is, but I think we're supposed to be psyched. So, so it's going to be a while before we get back to, to Samuel. Um, but I've, uh, I've actually been in Ohio all week. It's pretty interesting. You know, a couple of months ago I was in Montana, and there's a ton of people in Montana that are praying for us. And I've just found out that there's a ton of people in Ohio praying for us. It's so sweet. There's a lot of people that think we should be prayed for. They're They're right. We need to be prayed for. Um, but yeah, with that said, let's pray. <laughs> God, God, thanks for the night. Um, thanks for sunshine. Not everywhere in the world gets sunshine, like Ohio. Ohio doesn't get sunshine. And so thank you that we get to have it. Um, thanks for my family. Thanks that I was fired and work here now um thanks that i get to share this with my friends i pray that you are pleased with this um if that's seen too if you are pleased with this the next thing i would hope for is that our lives are better because of this that we understand you that we're closer to you and that we experience life fuller because of this and if that's seen too then let this be a good time too um Yeah, take care of my words, God. I hope they're yours. Love you a lot. Amen. I can see why Dale likes these. Um, Okay, so last week, um, Samuel, the guy in the Bible that we're talking about, he's uh, kind of announced his retirement. As we understand it, he kind of sucks at retirement. He keeps going. He just doesn't stop. Um, Israel's just gotten a king. Their first king. Oh, boy. King. Sweet. Just like all the other guys. All the other kids got kings. We got a king now. And God's like, oh, man. You guys are idiots. You want a king? Here's a king. (laughs) Here's a king. Try him out. See what you think. Um, Yeah. This king they got, Saul, he's not a completely bad guy, but he does some weird stuff. Um but he's there for a purpose, and he does see to that purpose. Uh, Explicitly, a few weeks ago, God said his purpose was to deliver Israel from the Philistines. Bad guys. Um, Kind of a military and uh, imperialistic oppression. Uh, And Saul does. Saul Saul helps out with that tremendously. Um, And so, yeah, don't let me say that Saul is a complete screw-up. He's... He does what God has intended him to do. But with that background, let's get into it. Uh, it's the 13th chapter that we're that we're reading tonight. Boom. All right. Starting in the first verse. Saul was 30 years old when he became king and reigned over Israel for 42 years. 42 years, that's a, more than a couple. Uh, I mean, he gets to become king a little bit earlier. Uh, So, yeah, good long reign. Saul chose 3,000 men from Israel. 2,000 were with him at Michmash and in the hill country of Bethel, and 1,000 were with Jonathan. Uh, Excuse me. Ooh, Dale gave me the burps. Uh, Jonathan is Saul's son. Um, Kind of announced unceremoniously, but uh, Jonathan's a really good guy. Put an asterisk next to his name in your head because he does cool stuff. Uh, but yeah, there's a thousand guys with him at Gibeah and Benjamin. The rest of the men he sent back to their homes. Jonathan attacked the Philistine outpost at Giba, and the Philistines heard about it. Then Saul had the trumpet blown throughout the land and said, Let the Hebrews hear. So all Israel heard the news Saul has attacked the Philistine outpost, and now Israel has become obnoxious to the Philistines. <laughs> Screaming real loud. And the people were summoned to join Saul at Gilgal. Obnoxious. The word obnoxious is in the Bible. Um, <laughs> such a good word. Uh, the Philistines assembled to fight Israel with 3,000 chariots. Oh, wait. That's more than we got. 6,000 charioteers. Oh. And soldiers as numerous as the sand on the seashore. Ah, huh. More than a couple. They went up and camped at Michmash, east of Beth-Avon. When the Israelites saw that their situation was critical and that their army was hard-pressed, they hid in caves and thickets among the rocks and in pits and cisterns. Some Hebrews even crossed the Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead. They stopped blowing that trumpet. (laughs) Like, oh, crap. Trumpet guy, go away. (laughs) Saul remained at Gilgal, And all the troops with him were quaking with fear. He waited seven days, the time set by Samuel. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal. And Saul's men began to scatter. Uh, That waiting seven days, the time set by Samuel, that was actually the last time I preached. Uh, It was in chapter 10. Samuel said, okay, wait seven days. I'll get there and I'll do the sacrifices and the offerings. and uh, And then we'll take it from there. So that's what it's talking about there. It was actually a few chapters ago. Uh, Verse 9, so he said, bring me the burnt offering. Wait, wait. Saul's men began to scatter. Verse 8. Verse 9, so he said, bring me the burnt offering and the fellowship offerings. And Saul offered up the burnt offering. Just as he finished making the offering, Samuel gets there. Samuel arrived, and Saul went out to greet him. What have you done? Asked Samuel. Paul replied, well, I when I saw what the, that the men were scattering and that you did not come at this at time and that the Philistines were assembling at Michmash, I thought, now the Philistines will come down against me at Gilgal, and I have not sought the Lord's favor. So I felt compelled to offer the burnt offering. You have done a foolish thing, Samuel said. You have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. You had you would have established your kingdom over Israel for all time. But now your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him ruler of his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. So yeah, I didn't I didn't get to spend as much time on this sermon as I like to, and it's another one of my favorite passages where God does something weird, right? And so I've been, I've been in airports and in, uh, in rental cars thinking about this, kind of wide-eyed and saying, God, you're doing something weird again. Why did you do that? I mean, if you guys know, some of you know that these are my favorite parts in the Bible. They're sweet. When, when, when God does something weird, you're like, okay, that doesn't make sense. That's not how I would have done it, God. We get to know him. As a person, but but I've been kind of worried about it's like because this this one was weird. I'm like, okay, God, Saul sought you, and you kind of punched him in the face. Is that okay? That's doesn't seem nice. (laughs) Why'd you do that? Saul's like, crap, I'm screwed. I need God. I'll find God. I'll talk to God, and he'll help me out. That seems good, right? Positive? That's a good thing to do. God's like, I can't believe you did this. (laughs) Kind of severe, right? I mean, like, you, you could have had the kingdom forever. Your family could have ruled Israel for eternity. But now, no, no way. Because you looked for me? No. <laughs> Jeez, God. Well, I'll tell you. I mean, we're we're working on. Uh, uh, just to throw you a bone here, trust is the thing that we're going to be kind of talking about tonight. Some background. This is just out of my personal study. My personal study has, has aided me in this. Uh, I've been reading about Aaron. And uh, in the Bible. Not in a regular book, because there's not a, quote-unquote, regular book about him. Nobody's written about Aaron. It's Kind of weird. Um, so, if somebody feels like writing a book, Greg, feel like writing a book? Write <laughs> 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 about Aaron, okay? I don't know, it'd be interesting. But uh, I've been reading about the priestly garments. Aaron was kind of the first priest that Israel had. And uh, God... This was a big deal to God. It's crazy. He made all these these uh, these priestly garments. It's kind of nerdy. It's like very explicit and like this is the way you do it. God is hung up on this. I mean, he's very specific about stuff. Like, I want bells right here, and I want this tassel here so it doesn't flow outward too much. And I'm like, wow. God's kind of a fashionista. But there's like. There's a couple of his of the details in this priestly garment stuff that the that the reason is, so the priest doesn't die. You're like, oh, oh, what? <laughs> How might he die? Well, the priests were the go-between. Between God's people and God. Because not everybody could just, you know, march up to God. In fact, very few people could. In fact, just the priest could. Because God is just so crazy good so crazy holy perfect pure he'll like face meltingly awesome like that's what happens like your face gets melted you know that thing in indiana jones think that happens and so a lot of this stuff was about purity and about doing these sacrifices and offerings to god right god cares about these sacrifices he likes them and he wants them done a certain way. And there's stuff like this plate that you got to put on the hat. And these, like I said, the bells that you got to put somewhere. So you don't die when you go into the holy place. So, how this informs us is like, there's a way that God wants this done. And at this time, Samuel was the guy that did that. And so by Saul doing it, he's like, that's... Not okay for Saul to do. It's actually kind of merciful. Because of that stuff, wear this so you don't die. Saul should have died here. <laughs> he did the offerings and he's like, no, you can't do that. So it's merciful. You didn't get to die. That's great. But man, the whole kingdom thing. Uh let's see. Verse 14. We got that up there. Yeah, sweet. But but now your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and has appointed him ruler of his people. Who's that guy? David! Oh man, David's sick. David's, David's, David's a badass. David wrote like a chunk, a, a noticeable percentage of the Bible. And he did cool stuff. I mean, I don't know. I think he's the most punk rock guy in the Bible. Like, he's just like fifth gear all the time. Like, ah! He just did everything. Uh, how do I? Uh, I'll say fifth gear again because I was going to say something that maybe isn't the best thing to say in church. Um, he's awesome. He's cool. He's, I mean, yes, he did fifth gear sin. I mean, he did aggro sin. But he also did aggro good. And, and, that's, and God says, this is what my heart's like. Probably not the sin part. But, like, <laughs> Commitment. David committed. He's like, yeah, I'm going to do this. David drove off of all sorts of cliffs in the best way. And David had kids. And those kids had kids. And those kids had kids. A lot of kids were had. And one of those kids was Jesus. Was the son of God. So, now, okay, so there's some butterfly effect stuff here, right? You know? Butterfly effect, you guys know that? There's that, 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 that short story where some guy went, like, traveled back thousands of years, and he sat on a butterfly or something like that, and, it, like, and then he went back to his present, and everything was messed up just because he squished a butterfly. What would have happened if Saul would have waited, what, like 30 minutes? I mean, he finished doing the offering, and Samuel showed up. What if he could have just kept his pants on? Well, I mean, held, hold, held his horses. Held his horses for 30 more minutes. David would have just hung out in the pastor of his dad for the rest of his life. We wouldn't have got David. We wouldn't have gotten most of these psalms. Jesus, well, maybe not Jesus. The Messiah, that's safe to say. The Messiah, Christ, would have come from the, from the line of Saul had he not screwed up here that's what this is saying big change in our stuff we would have had a pretty different Bible so this is heavy God cares about this this is a big deal is God bummed because Saul sought him sought God well no I don't think, I don't think it's, I don't think it's the reason. I think it's the trust thing. He didn't trust God. He had stuff spelled out to him. He said, he was supposed to wait seven days. He's like, check. Okay, I waited seven days. And then Samuel comes, and then Saul's like, not check. Samuel's not here. And then when Samuel gets here, he'll do the offerings and, and sacrifices. And he's like, okay, I, I i can do that and god's like no that's not what i told you to do man trust me i got this is what god is saying and saul said no i don't think you're doing it right so when i was driving across ohio um yeah i i thought about some stories
1: some bible stories um
0: Let's look at, uh, at Genesis 16. Now, now, Sarai and Abram, they're eventually Sarah and Abraham. Um, but just a few verses before this, God has been talking to Abraham and says, I am going to give you and your descendants such cool stuff. You're going to have land. I'm going to be your God. You guys, you, your, your descendants are going to be set up. I am promising these things to your descendants. They're like, okay, right on. Now, Sarai is like, okay, right on. Uh, I don't have descendants. (laughs) They didn't have kids, and they were kind of old. So Sarai's like, wait, but, uh, hmm, let's pick it up. Now, Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. So she said to Abram, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go, sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Like, uh. Obviously, God forgot something. I mean, she says it so blatantly there. Perhaps I can build a family through her. She does not think God has got it. Don't. Oh. Abram agreed to what Sarai said. I was like, oh, yeah, I didn't think about that. I didn't have any kids. Thanks, wife. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll sleep with your slave. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, uh, verse 4, he slept with Hagar, and she conceived. Okay, that, that worked. When she knew she was pregnant... She began to despise her mistress. And Sarai said to Abram, You are responsible for the wrong I am suffering. I put my slave in your arms, and now that she knows she is pregnant, she despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me. Holy cow. Sarai is nuts. <laughs> Sarai comes up with a plan. He's like, okay, I'll help God out. You're welcome, God. And and then it doesn't go so well. And she's like, oh, this is somebody else's fault. <laughs> cray cray. What's her issue here? She doesn't think God is doing it right. And so she takes things into her own hands. And this, this is what Saul's doing. Saul's so like, okay, God, I guess he missed this part. Sam's not here, so I guess I'll pick it up. I'll, I'll I'll do I'll do what I think's best. Saul and Sarai didn't trust God. They said to God, God, you're doing it wrong. Let me help you. <laughs> we laugh at them. I laugh at them. But do we not do the same stuff ourselves? I mean, if you remember my last sermon, I was all bummed with Saul because he was such a lazy bump, man. He didn't, he was he was playing a bit part in his own life. He was, he, you couldn't get him to do anything. He was just kind of like, oh, crap, what the, what's going on here? And, and in chapter 10, God was like, my hand is on you, Saul. Do whatever your hand finds to do because I'll just back you up. And so with that kind of blessing, does Saul go out and just do everything? No, he's like, oh, uh, no, I'll just stand here. In fact, I'll hide, hide in the luggage. and I hope no one notices me. Literally, that's what happened. And now he gets proactive, and now we're bummed with him. I mean, there's kind of some, like, poor Saul. It's like, damned if you do, damned if you don't. Sorry, Saul. But this is a big deal. God's like, okay, if you're going to be the king of all of my people, you got to do this right. You got to do what I say. So, n- another bad example. Uh, it's my own. <laughs> um, yeah, like I said, I got fired. Uh, my wife and I got fired together. We do everything together. Um, we, we, do, we used to do campus ministry for a very good organization, an organization that we, for InterVarsity Christian Fellowship, I'll say, say the name. They're awesome. They're great. I, in some ways, I wish I was still working for them. Very glad to be here, though. Um, there was a guy that we worked with. He was kind of a peer of ours, and then he became our boss. And he was like, okay, now that I'm the boss, you guys got to do stuff different. Um, to, to his credit, like he had a vision of what he wanted to see at, at, at campuses in, in Montana. And my wife and I, uh, we didn't fit into that vision very well. Um, we didn't do things very well. We, and we responded not in the most righteous way to him. Um, Anyways, conflict happened. Don't need to go into tons of detail. But the higher up than everybody, he was like, okay, you guys got to figure this out. You guys got to work this out. You need to resolve this conflict. Jesse, Jesse, call. Call this guy. You need to call this guy. Somehow work on the reconciliation here. And so we did. We called Left him a voicemail. Hey, let's have this conversation. Dot dot dot. Some time went by. Uh, we called again uh, and left a voicemail. Okay, got to do it. Our, the, the the deadline's like in a couple weeks. We need to work on this. Still no call callback. And we get to the deadline, and the higher up says well, you guys couldn't get this done. What's, what's the problem? And I'm saying, God, you're doing it wrong. I'm doing the righteous thing, right? I'm going for reconciliation. This is the good thing to do. I'm trying. Why is this not happening? This is not fixing things, God. God. You are allowing conflict to go on. I don't think this is cool. I was just shaking my finger a lot. It's like, God, what the crap is going on? Deadline came, and we were fired. It's like, uh, not okay? Something that that, that, I, I bet you guys have heard, some of you guys have heard Mike say, our senior pastor. He's in England, if you didn't know He's on sabbatical for six months. Uh, Mike likes to say, you know, you know, a lot of people will say that God is the 1159 God. You know, he comes in at the last minute and saves us. And Mike's like, no. Sometimes God is the 1230 God. Sometimes God is like the two days later after the deadline God. <laughs> and it's true. God is like, a, I don't care about the deadline. <laughs> In this case, God was the, I'm not actually going to show up for that ever, God. God, you're doing it wrong, right? Me and Jess, my wife, my wife's name is Jessie. In case you didn't know that, that sounds strange if we have the same name. It's not a third person. Yeah, anyways. We are bonds. We are torn up. We were investing our lives in this ministry and we had people that, I mean, our souls were knit together trying to make the world better. And we just got told that we can't do it anymore. And we, we couldn't do it for because, because we sought righteousness, because we sought reconciliation, and because somebody else said we can, we couldn't. God, you're doing it wrong but what's my favorite trick? What's my favorite trick of God's? Crap into diamonds? Yeah. Shit into diamonds. (laughs) Turning shit into diamonds. It's the best thing God does. Taking something messed up, gross, yuck. Like, God just, I mean, you got this you have a pile of shit in your hands, and God just goes for it, touches it. and You're like, God, oh, don't touch that, God. Oh, oh, God, it's mine. I made a mess. Don't touch it. <laughs> but he grabs it, and he turns it into something beautiful, clear, and wonderful. In this case, my diamond is you guys. No, the after part, Diamond. You're not the poop part. Everybody laughed. I thought everybody would go, oh. <laughs> it's not in my notes. Pause for the "aw." <laughs> oh no wait, man. The getting fired, man. That was the poop part. I was like, "This sucks." God, what are you doing? But seriously, you guys are my diamond. I get to hang out with you guys now. I like you guys. Ah, <laughs> Nice. <laughs> good job, good job, thanks. <laughs> you guys, seriously, I love being here. You guys are my brothers, my sisters. I mean, students are great. I like students. But man, you guys think it's pretty sweet. Poor students, man. They just have this disease of whoever's standing up, they just believe anything they say. <laughs> I know. But that was good. That's good. That's why I love you. That's why I love you, Steve. <laughs> I am so thankful to be here. It is a good thing. God... Knows how to do it. He knows more than we do. He doesn't care about the deadlines. He doesn't. He didn't care for, for Saul that he was late, that Samuel was late. The, a, a good example of somebody living in this is, is our buddy Sam, Sam, Sam Spitzer. Uh, Sam and Christy, you, some of you, they've they've been very open about the struggle that they've been going through. Um, They want a kid. They want another kid. Um, They have one, Emmett, funny kid, good-looking, good-looking fella. But they want more. And they've been trying for a while, and it is not working, and it is killing them. It is crushing their hearts. And Sam, I was talking to Sam uh, this last week, I don't know, week or two ago, and he said something to me that was, that just made me pause. I'm like, oh, that's, that's a good attitude. I should be cooler like that. He was talking to me. They just moved and uh, like a week or two ago. And uh, the, the house that they moved out of, they got it tested. It, and they figured out that it had like harmful levels of radon in it. Like a lot. And, and the new one, the new house, doesn't. And so Sam's like, well, maybe Number two wouldn't have been able to handle the radon. Emmett's good. I mean, he's got two eyes, one nose, two arms. It's good. I don't know what radon's supposed to do if you have too much of it. I don't know if it gives you extra limbs or not. But Emmett, Emmett handled it, but maybe number two couldn't. And Sam was like, maybe that's the reason. And I was like, good. yeah, yeah, totally. Sam is ruminating on how God is being good to him. Is Sam loving every second of it? No. Is he pissed a lot? Yeah. He's not enjoying this process, but in the process, he's deciding to trust God. He's pondering how God is being good to him. Is he assuming that they're going to get pregnant now just immediately because they went got into the new house and God said, yep, okay, now it's cool? No, they're not assuming that either. They're trying to figure out how God is being good to them instead of how God hates them. How God is doing it wrong. That's the attitude we should have. And he has to make this decision. And I'm telling you guys, you have to make this decision too. You have to decide to trust God. You don't just start doing it. Don't just wait till you get better at it or see some cool stuff or you just decide to trust god and you decide to trust other people your spouse girlfriend boyfriend new coworker new boss any boss you have to make decisions to trust them cuz if you wait till you trust somebody before you trust them you're never going to trust them you have to you have to make a decision in the face of no history to trust somebody. It's like, I don't know if you're going to come through for me or not, but I'm going to say, yeah, I trust you this time. Let's see what happens. <clears throat> That's a decision you have to make. And it's obviously not easy. And you might get burned when it comes to humans. This is, I mean, we do, my wife and I do marriage counseling, and this is hard. Because oftentimes they, like, a spouse has reason to distrust the other, the other spouse for something. It's like, I don't trust. He screwed this up before. I don't trust him to do it. And it's like, well, do you want to trust him again? Yeah, but I don't. And it's like, well, that's going to take some movement. A decision to trust. In that case, you're going to have to say, Okay, I trust you to do it this time. And if anybody says that to you ever in life, I'm going to trust you this time. You're like, you should kind of like, you know, the hairs on your neck should go up. You're like, oh, oh, geez. Ah, you made this awful serious. <laughs> Come through for that person. Be trustworthy. If somebody says that, holy cow. That's thing. You have a thing. You have the opportunity to make somebody's viewpoint about humanity and about Christians and about God better or worse. Whew. Somebody says that. Pay attention. A luxury <laughs> is that with God? He does it good all the time. His plan's always better. Man, it looks weird sometimes. Leonore was, tell, was telling me, sin, Any time we sin, it's because we don't think God is going to do what he said he's going to do. That's when we sin. So often we just don't believe that God is going to do that, do what is good. I'm going to leave us a little bit lighter, a slightly lighter example of things about Legos. Um, <clears throat> I have four kids, and they all love Legos, which are pretty good. They kind of, they don't take up much space. It's sweet, but at the same time, don't walk through my house without shoes on. They hurt, man. Some of those little spiky ones like, yeesh. Anyways, huge Lego fans in my house. Um, there There's one time Finn got this, this robot thing. Uh, it was white, and then the head came off and turned into a spaceship. It's sick. Uh, anyways, you know, they're playing with it, too. You can build it and play with it. Genius. But he's like, rah, 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 smash. And like, oh, the arms fell off and kind of blew that up. Like, bah, bah. Well, actually, to Finn's credit, he tried to fix it. He's like, oh found as many of the parts as he could, went to the table and started putting it together a little bit, but then he couldn't get it together. He's like, Papa, fix it. I was like, okay, okay. So I was down with him, and he's like, okay, yeah, I see how this goes. And so I started pulling some of the parts off because he put them on in kind of the wrong order. And he's like, whoa, well, Papa, you're fixing it wrong. I was pulling pieces off. He's like, that's not how you fix stuff. <laughs> you don't pull stuff off to put it back together, <laughs> Papa. You're fixing it wrong. I was like, no, no, buddy, I got it, I got it. I'm gonna help. It's gonna go well. And I did. I got the arms back on and put that other part where it's supposed to go. And he's like, oh, oh, okay, thanks, Papa. And then rah rah rah, and he broke it again. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> Welcome to my life. Oh, <laughs> yeah. We've got to be careful when, we, when, when God is fixing it wrong. Quote, unquote. When Papa is fixing it wrong. Wait. Wait a sec. It might go past the deadline while you're waiting. FYI, get ready for that. Things might not go pretty. You might have a handful of uh, something. But you might have a handful of something else if you wait a little bit longer. Um, Yeah, trust God, guys. Decide to. I love you. Thanks for listening.